<laughs> wow. What a grown-up at 12. <laughs> Why you didn't color? Wow. Y'all celebrate Christmas? Uh, it used to be fun as a kid coloring eggs and then the grown people hiding them and then you going out to find them. Those days are gone, huh? Not for me. You say so what? But not with the kids. You do it with other people's kids. <laughs> uh, uh, you say you still do it? If I were to have kids. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't do it. No. Uh, people don't know how to have fun with life unless they think they have to identify with it. <laughs> don't yell at me. She was like, this is boring, but I got to hear it. <laughs> Good morning. Welcome to church. Happy Easter. Um, you can go to our chat line, YouTube chat line, and hate will respond to your questions and comments. Give them to me, and I will respond. Good, happy Easter, everybody. Good morning again. Happy Easter. How y'all? Well. Everybody well? Anybody not well? Amazing. Any questions or comments or anything? Happy Easter. Yes, sir. I like how you said at the men's forum, stop saying I am. Yeah. Uh, and you'll achieve peace of mind, so. Have you stopped doing that? I'm, I'm stopped doing that. It's hard not to do it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, if you say I am, like I am despondent, I am depressed, I am suicidal, I am fearful, I am whatever, whatever. But I mean, the 17 guys at the men's forum was good. Do you understand why you should stop saying those things? Because you, then you're claiming it. Yeah, you identify with it. Yeah, One of the things we discussed at the men's forum, we don't, uh, uh, I encourage the group to never, ever, 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 as long as you walk this earth, say, I am. I'm depressed. I'm lonely. I'm an alcoholic. I'm a drug addict. I'm a thief. I'm a robber. I'm a rapist. I'm a desert. I'm a... Because you're none of those things at all. You're literally none of those things. But when you say it, you believe it, and when you believe the lie, the spirit of the lie control you to make you think that's who you are. And the more you get into it, the spirit of the lie judge you, and then he condemn you. Because you feel guilty after you do it because you have claimed that that's who you are. And then you go to the experts and pay them hundreds and th thousands of dollars to confirm that's who you are. And then they give you medication. You are none of those things at all. No, if someone told the LGBTQ people instead of going around killing folks and protesting and trying to 
get someone to agree with them, if someone loves them enough to tell them, that's not who you are. That's who the devil is telling you are. That's what you feel like, the spirit of lie, right? They wouldn't be protest. They'll be trying to overcome. Most of them, some of them, most people love their hell, so there's nothing you can do about that. But you are not these things at all. It's an illusion. You're deluded to think that you are those things. The devil has played a game on you. That's why this game between black and whites and color stuff, it's not even real. It's a false fight. That's why you're getting nowhere. It's only getting worse because it's a lie. And it's doing nothing but bringing division and destruction. Isn't that amazing? And, and people fighting over as though real, and they won't take the time, like, why am I fighting over color? What's wrong with me? I got to think another person's better than I am to the point I'm going to fight them about it. It looks like they would just pull away from it. But most people will not because they love it. Their nature is that of the devil. So don't claim that ever again. Because it's not, none of these things are you. Really. Isn't that amazing? We've been living a lie in misery. Yes, sir. I did get a tryout as a busser at a job in Venice. Yesterday. Nice. So I got a tryout, and they said they would call me today or tomorrow regarding possibly more shifts. However, I left my bike overnight at Sprouts on Venice Boulevard, uh -huh. and uh, Renee went to check it this morning, and it's gone. Nice. So I, I, one piece of good news and one piece of bad news. And how my, did you feel when you lost the bike? I just found out. Renee uh, just right now? Me. Yeah, Renee he just texted me saying it's gone. Oh. He went to check on 8900 Block Venice Boulevard. He goes, it's not in front of Sprouts. So I guess after Why did you leave it there? I totally forgot. Oh. I totally forgot after my interview. I mean, after my tryout, I went straight home, took the bus home. And I woke up this morning and goes, okay, I'm going to ride the bike to church. And I was like, uh oh, my bike's not here. Oh my gosh, I left it at, in front of Sprouts overnight. So between 10 and 6 in the morning. It's gone. So oh. I'm pretty upset about it. Oh, now you're upset again? About the bike, yeah. It's my... And so what good is it doing you to be upset about that right now? It's another kick in the teeth. I'm sorry? It's another kick in the teeth. What? Another kick in the teeth. What does that mean? Well, you know, it's like, you know, you, you're down and out, and then all of a sudden you're like, somebody else kicks you, or some, something bad happens. And, Nothing bad got, happened to you. Well, the bike got stolen. But that wasn't bad happened to you. The bike is gone. You still here. Yeah, but it's just like my only source of transportation besides public transportation. You lost your legs? No. You have your feet? Yes. And then the buses are still running? Yeah. Uber. <laughs> <laughs> so you haven't lost that either? Yeah. Just, just, it just hard to, to keep losing stuff. No, it's not. It's only because you're unconscious. If you have not forgotten to leave it there, you'll be fine. You will have it. Yes, I would if I hadn't forgotten. So just learn it. Oh, man, I was unconscious. 
I was unconscious. Right. So don't let the devil tell you, oh, Lord, another kick in the well, teeth. It's tough because. Not if you stay on your head. Yeah. I have a bite that you can have. Someone gave me a bite. I've never wrote it. I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> you can pick it up here tomorrow. Okay. I'll bring it to the office. Okay. Thank you. Because I'm never going to write it. Okay. It's uh, working? Yeah. It's very new. <laughs> it does have wheels. <laughs> so you can have it. Thank you. I'll pick it up tomorrow. What time be tomorrow? I'll bring it in the morning. So anytime. I'm here at 5. 5 to 10? No, the office is open, so you can come anytime during the day. Okay. It'll be in there. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Now you can take the, the print off your teeth where the horse kicked you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'll bring it and you can come and get it. It's, it's got no flat tires, eh? <laughs> as well as I know. Oh, okay. Wow. It's incredible. <laughs> Thank you. All right. I've never rode it, so. <clears throat> it's one of those mountain bike kind of a thing. Okay. It's better than the one you had. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you. So come by here and get it tomorrow at the office. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Uh, the biblical question, let's go to that first. And then we're going to talk about Christ. It says, Christ is key. Hashtag. Uh, anybody want to respond to the biblical question? Anybody know what it is? Yeah. <laughs> so what now? Why do you Okay, right here. Why do you uh, hate the person you idolize? Have you noticed you always end up hating the person you idolize? Why? So I guess you're the only lady that, only person that thought, thought oh, you, you thought about it? Oh, okay. Alexa, you thought about it? Uh-uh. Okay. Why do you hate the person you idolize? I did think about this, and I don't have—I <clears throat> don't have any idols. I don't have anyone I idolize. You have never idolized anyone in your whole life. No, I mean we—I was raised honestly. That was one of our things that my parents pounded in our heads that that is just not okay to do that. Did so. you ever idolize your mother? Hmm. Maybe, maybe. And then you end up hating her? No. You never, you never resent your mother? No. You never got angry at your mother at I all? Mean, I, I did get angry with uh, her right. um, for little things here and there, um, right. but I wouldn't say I hate her. I did want to ask a question, actually. Did you have to, to forgive that. her? I did forgive her. So if you didn't hate her, would you, why did you have to forgive her? I forgave her because I, my feelings on that um, gesture um, is that the reason that we forgive our parents is because no parent um, does it right because yeah. they, we all come into the world in a fallen state. Yeah. So that's why oh, okay. I, I felt like that was something I just needed to do for that, for that per reason alone. It's interesting in that there is no way out of hell until you forgive. 
There's literally no way out of hell until you forgive and until you forgive mama and daddy, especially mama, because most people say, oh, I forgive daddy, but they don't forgive mama and they, they get stuck in hell with mama. But no way out but forgiveness. Isn't that amazing? And it's easy to do, but the devil tells you it's so hard to do, and you don't do it. He taught you out of it. But once you truly, truly forgive, it's going to be amazing what happened to your life. Once you truly see that you're wrong for being angry. But go ahead. Well, I did want to ask um, a question. Is okay. that okay if I yes. do that now? or No, go ahead. Um, You've often said that no one loves anyone. Right. That we don't love one another. Right. And I'm, I'm having a little trouble wrapping my brain around that. Like what, because I do feel like I love, especially my immediate family and others, but definitely my immediate family, no matter what <clears throat> happens. Um, what do you mean by that? That the human nature is wicked and that in the human nature is the spirit of evil, right? Of the devil and all his little demons. And in him, he brings emotions. And those emotions feel like love because he named those emotions for you. Oh, this is love. Now you feel good, you feel like you love him. And then it goes from that to hate. Now you feel bad, and that's hate. In human beings, there is no love. Love can only come from God. And in God, God's love, there is no feeling. There is no, um, there is no emotion. His, his love is dispassionate because it's not based on anything that the world can give you. When you have his love, you want nothing from other human beings, period. There's nothing. And so like if you were married and you and your husband start fighting or you and your boyfriend, you would never argue with your husband or your boyfriend because there's nothing you want from him. If you decide to leave, you okay, bye. Because nothing would be missing. God's love is, is everything. It's life. It's fulfillment. And it causes you to be in the world, but not of the world. And it causes you to lose all ideas about yourself. You know, as I told the guys, you're no longer titled. You know, you're not a doctor. You're not a lawyer. You're not this. You're not that. You're just you. You're just a living being with no titles or anything. No reputation, no nothing. You just be. Sean mentioned this morning that if, if I'm repeating wrong, Sean, let me know, my producer. He said, he asked, was everything that's here is already done? And it is. All we need to do is just live. But if you are of your human nature, which is of the world, then you're going to want something from somebody. You have a hidden agenda. His love, there's no feelings. There are no feelings in it at all. It just is. It's life, it's energy, it's, it's everything. So would you say that you, so you love your son the same way you love everyone else? I love like, my know. son, my grandkids, and my grandkids the same way I love you, the same way I love my enemy. How could that be? be <laughs> like, how could because that be? I have no hate. That's why I was just saying, once you forgive, God, think about this. 
God said to love your enemy. How are you going to love your enemy if you're emotional? And then God sent his son, and, and he made his son suffer for us. So he loved us the same way he loved his son, no different. And we were no good. <laughs> and his son had done anything. He took a good guy and sent him to take hell for no good people because he loved us. Okay. So I love everybody. My family is the same. My enemy is the same. Everybody, my friends, everybody the same. Exact same way. So they decide to whatever, what happened, what they decide is on them. It has nothing to do with me. So you, that you developed that way of being <clears throat> after you forgave. It was, a, yeah, it was a mind. gift from God. Okay. Was he, because I wanted to know what was wrong with me, why was I so emotional? Why I couldn't break up with one woman unless I had another in the waiting. In, in the <laughs> In the wind, in the we, and and I was praying. I was doing the prayer that people say pray. I was giving tithe in the office. I was volunteering at the church. Um, I was doing that crazy speaking in tongue thing. And but yet nothing would work. I still had conflict within myself, had fear. And once he showed me that I needed to forgive, I did, and everything changed. And so I've grown into a amazing understanding. So you don't love them if you feel something for them. Because if they walk, let's say, you say, who, who do you love? Your brothers? Yeah, my, my family, my oh. husband. I mean, no matter what they do, it doesn't matter. If they came up and cut you out or, or they talk behind you, back about you, you, know, you wouldn't be loving them. If your dad is said to you, his girlfriend, he doesn't have one. Don't tell your mama. <laughs> I'm just playing. He doesn't have one. If, if he said, I love you better than I love my wife, and I don't love my daughter, I hate that gal. And then his girlfriend told you about it, you'd be mad at your daddy and her. You would no longer love your daddy. Because it would be based on something. Amazing, huh? But if you stay with it, you'll see what I'm talking about. That, oh, as the ego is dying, all that fate stuff will disappear. Because all that earthy nature that we are is the nature of the devil. It's not us at all. It's really the devil's nature is evil. It just feels like us. All right? Thank you. Good question. You want to respond to the uh, biblical question? Why do you hate the one you idolize. Is that right? Why do you hate? How did it go? Yes. Why do you hate the person you idolize? Yeah. The only thing I can really see through this is that this is <clears throat> a flesh and spirit Speak question. from the chest? I said the only thing I can really see about this question is that it's a flesh and spirit question. I think when I look at how my brain has been conditioned in the world, I then can think of people I've idolized along the way, and then I'm like, well, have I ever hated these people? But there is, to what you were just saying a moment ago, 
the world and this concept of idolizing, it, it just puts you in this emo emotional basket where if I idolize you and then you say something to hate that I don't like, I immediately have a, an, yeah. a thought and emotion towards you and now you've dropped and now I have to idolize hate or, or whatever, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? <laughs> But if yeah, I'm sitting right. here, that is so true. yeah, and if I'm sitting in spirit and I really see it, like there is no such thing as idolizing. It's it's just it goes back to the fallen state. You just you you either worship God or you worship the devil, and this the the word idolize is basically worshiping the devil of any kind, whether I'm idolizing you or Hake or a musician or whatever, you know. So I don't know. It was. I kept, I think, trying to get twisted in this question this week, but ultimately I think it's a flesh and spirit okay. issue. Anybody else, else thought about it? Why do you hate the person you idolize? I don't idolize anybody now, and I don't hate anybody now, but I have. And it's because hate disguises itself as love. Um, when I idolized someone, it was a guy, and I really liked him. It was a guy? Uh-huh. And you really liked him. I really liked him. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I put him on a pedestal, and I thought he was special. And I had, uh, it all goes back to, like, your imagination and your thoughts, because I had expectations of how I wanted him to be or respond to me. And then when things didn't go how I expected and he didn't live up to the expectations, then I was big mad. I, I hated him, but I thought it was love. But it was, it was um, hate disguising itself as love. <clears throat> but it was never love to begin with, because like you said, if it's not from God, it's not, it's not true love, it's not real. Okay, amazing. Uh, yes, sir. And you're right. And when, I, when we were growing up, you're not old as I am, but we were taught not to idolize people. We were, you remind me a lot of my parents. Yeah, they definitely never put anybody over you. And I still end up putting women over me because I didn't know they were my God at the time. I hate my mother, right? But um, we were taught don't have a, don't put anybody above you. And so in that way, I never did that. And it used to be interesting, weird to see people doing it mm -hmm. with preachers and musicians, as you were saying, entertainers. They would totally idolize them rather than just enjoying their talent. Yeah. It was just another human being that's doing a different job than what you do. It's just a job. We were taught that growing up. That's gone now. People don't teach that anymore. Real quick, I remember when I first moved here, I worked in the industry and I would be around these people who would be so <sighs> in awe of these different um, celebrities and I just never, not, not even coming from a place of judgment, right. but it always seemed so strange to me. I'm like, what? I don't understand, like why? Yeah. So yeah, and you do remind me a lot of my parents in terms of your upbringing, when you talk about racism and all of that. I mean, my parents never, we never even talked about white, black, anything. We never, we didn't know anything about that. You Isn't know? that amazing? There was a time in America not long ago, because we are not that old, uh, <laughs> when there was no talk about hating in one another, that it was spiritual. And the white people were doing their thing, the blacks were doing their thing, they ran into one another, hi, how you doing? 
and and no big deal. And now it talked about like when I was going, they act like during my days, I don't know how I made it. The white man should have strained me up. <laughs> but it was no talk about it at all. It was, it was more about good and evil. There are evil people in all races. There are good people in all races, right? Uh, good in all races. But, and now it's like, you, don't, you can't even believe those days existed when it, this wasn't going on. It was not happening. It's crazy. But anyway, yes, yeah, sir. Um, How, why do you hate the one you idolize? Uh, I didn't know that you, you shouldn't do it. Didn't know you couldn't do it. Didn't know it was wrong. It's, to uh, idolize someone? Of course, of course. I mean, you know, you like music and you like the, you know, the performers, Michael Jackson or Prince. You like, you like them. You know, you want to dance like them, you want to be like them, or a basketball player. You know, that's, you know, uh, you like what they do. So, of course, you, you, uh, you like, and then you hate anybody that, that challenges you, you know, tells, you know, tells you that somebody else is better. You want to kill them. And so, <laughs> I don't understand people saying they didn't like something. But the reason you wanted to kill them because you were idolizing them. That's right. And, I did. And you knew you were idolizing them? I didn't say, okay, I'm going to idolize uh, Jordan. I didn't say, I'm going to make that up. He's my idol. I'm a, but you knew that I, you were doing it? I, yeah. Well, yeah, you know, how do you know that you're doing it? You just like something. You like somebody. Nobody's, you know, um, there were a few people that, that I remember seeing, and they were like, you know. But what I'm asking, were you conscious enough to know that you were idolizing them? I don't and know that's if why if somebody went against them, you would get mad about it? I don't think so. I think you I were conscious of it? I, don't think, I, I think I was unconscious because I was, I, was, I was into what I was into. And so uh, I didn't know it was wrong. I uh, didn't know it was wrong. You know, now I, I can see. That. I mean, but how can you know it's wrong? Because it's, it's your, your parents idol. didn't tell you to idolize? No. Not at all. Uh, see, but, but other see, people. Our parents told us, so at least we had some awareness of it. But I guess if your parents don't tell you that, you can, get, you can fall into it and not know it. I mean, there were six so, of us, so we must, I must have missed that day. Well, I had, I had seven brothers and, and, no, I had five brothers and seven sisters, and they still told us. My mom spoke Spanish, so oh, they don't speak that in translation or something. No, I'm See. <laughs> Why do you hate the one you idolize right here? Uh, because I hated myself. So I was uh, more or less not idolizing people. It was like I idolized the movies that I watched, the, the characters in the movies, the stories I read because I hated myself so much. It was inspiring to want to be someone else. Oh, I see. And, and what, can you say why you hated yourself? Um, I just thought that I just, I guess you could say I didn't know <laughs> what, my, what, what my worth was, why I was here, what to do. There was no direction. Yeah. So I kind of was just raising myself with um, <laughs> sort of in a way and, um, and just trying to figure it out. So uh, whatever felt good to me is what I kind of attached myself to in yeah. order to feel something because I didn't know what else to do. So, and I, and I hated the fact that I couldn't just be, and I didn't know how to, you know, and especially when I was a so-called Christian at the time, 
You know, I went to church, read the Bible, did all, did everything I thought I was supposed to do, and nothing was changing. Isn't that amazing that you could go to church, read the Bible, hoop and holler, speak in tongues, get on your knees and cry to God, and nothing happened? <laughs> You're like, what the? <laughs> <laughs> and you could spend a whole lifetime doing that, and nothing happened. It's like God and Jesus just sitting up there looking at you like you're crazy. And you are. Let's go. <laughs> He's like, look at my crazy. Jesus, God said to Jesus, look at your crazy brothers and sisters down there. All that begging and whining and crying and read the Bible. Nothing wrong with read the Bible, but not to remember it. Not for the intellect. But uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, really are you know. over your anger and stuff now? Yes. Um, thankfully, yeah. I, I realize, I've been watching you for years now, but I realized that I did, I hated my mother, and, um, and I hated my father too, yeah. and I didn't know that that's what was going on, but I asked God to show me who I was, show me myself, what's really happening with me, and, um, and that's what I discovered, and when I discovered that, um, you know, I reached out to both of them, called them up, uh, forgave my mother, she kind of just, uh, she just fell silent and cried. She and cried she, because she, she was so guilty. Yeah, probably, yeah. She knew. She knew she was a mess. You know? Yeah. So what a mess. And then my my dad, I couldn't even get in touch with him because he doesn't pick his phone up. So I texted him a long text, telling him like, Dad, I know you did your best. I forgive you. I, I told him I hated him. <laughs> and then he eventually called me like a few months later, and I told him again. You know, and uh, we talked, and our relationship completely changed. Yeah. And he had a lot of, he was living in his hell that he created for himself, and he had a hard time facing me. That's why he didn't call me for years, because he knew um, he was wrong for a, lot of, for a lot of things, but I knew he did his best, too. Yeah. I know he did his best, and I appreciated that he even tried, because, you know, it was it's rough. He was young when he had me. He didn't know what he was doing, so he did the best he could. I mean, that's all he could do, but I was the catalyst to the damage. But um, as I grew up, it wasn't about blaming them. You know, it was about figuring out what's going on with me. But also, when I talked to them, I knew I always had a disdain. Every time my mother would call me, I'm like, what does she want? You know, wow. like, why yeah. am I angry when she calls? Like, why do I treat women a certain way like this? Or why do I treat myself this way? Or why do I, why do I hate parts of myself but like parts of myself? Like, I felt so divided for so long. And, um, but when that weight was lifted, God started to really show me who I was. I remember one morning I called him, my cousin, and I was like, yeah, I don't know who I am anymore. And he's like, what do you mean? I was like, I just don't know. Like, all the things I used to associate with, don't, I don't associate with anymore, or yeah. I'm not attached to anymore, and they're starting to fall off. And it kind of, I was like, it's, it's just strange, but I don't, I don't know. So I'm just letting God show me who I am every day. Right on. Instead of me thinking I know who I am. Nice. Yeah. Absolutely. That's amazing, man. If you want some understanding, you need to question what's wrong with you, not somebody else. What's wrong with me? Because if you were right, the world could not affect you at all. It couldn't move you if you were right. So it's best to know that stuff. Absolutely, man. Yes, sir. Why do you idolize? Why do you hate the one you idolize? Idolize anybody, but I think. Have you ever idolized? No. You never idolized a woman or your mama or anyone? Nice. I mean, I like people or artists or musicians, but I don't aspire to be like them or change my behavior or what I do. Right on. Based on these guys, but 
I think the English language is, was kind of <clears throat> built to be deceptive with a lot of things we say, a lot of combinations of different tones or syllables. So when you say the word idle, you're, it's something that is great and awesome, right? But it's really dull to your eye because it's yeah. nothing. And there's no value Absolutely. in it whatsoever. So when you come to that realization that, oh, whatever you don't agree with, this thing that you're thinking is so great, all of a sudden you hate it because you realize you wasted all your time, but you should really just be mad at yourself for putting your faith in something that's a dull to your eye. That you made gold to the eye. You know, Absolutely, just like the golden man. calf. There's nothing, there's no value behind it, but everyone, they, you know, as the story goes, they all danced around and praised it when it's absolutely nothing, and it's just a huge waste of time. Yeah. And then, so yeah, it's dull to the eye. Amazing. Nice. And you know, eye dull eyes. The eye dull is making your eyes dull, so your, your vision's dull and distracted and blurred. Absolutely. Wow. Anybody else want to, did you have your hand freaking about this? Okay, nice, man. Anybody else want to respond? Okay, yes. So, um, you know, growing up Christian, uh, we learned to idolize uh, Jesus Christ and all the apostles, and uh, they were God. And so um, you couldn't listen to the stories of the Bible be, and be clear because, you know, Jesus Christ is uh, the Trinity, you know, he is Father, you know, God and God and God and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I really didn't understand, but I would defend, you know, my, my beliefs and even argue not knowing anything now that I, I can yeah. see. But I, I can see, you know, even you can't help but worship if you're, if you're not, if you're in this world, you're going to worship something. It's going to be a part of uh, who you are uh, until you can... Uh, you know, love God. Um, if, you, if, you, if you don't, you're going to love a woman, you're going to love drugs, you're going to love uh, money. Yeah, it's a mess. You're, you're, you're condemned to it. There's I, no, no I like the temptation, but I never, I used to dance like them, sing like them. <laughs> I wasn't too proud to be like them. <laughs> but I never wanted to be a temptation. And then you see the lies, not that they're dead. I guess they are dead. I know some are. When you see the documentary about their life, they had horrible lives. Behind, once the song ended, they went right back into hell. <laughs> it was horrible. According to the search, drug addicts and anger, divorces, all kind of stuff. Messed up children. Same thing that we deal with in that fallen state. Isn't that amazing? Yes, sir. Why do you idolize why you hate the person who idolize? When I was younger, I did uh, idolize quite a few um, people and things. Um, I think it's a way for people, or I'll speak, speak for myself. Um, yeah. It takes, um, I don't look at myself. So it's, it's a cowardly way of uh, not looking at myself and looking at something else and making it my that's God. A, that's a good point. So, um, and then eventually I think subconsciously within your heart you know that that thing is flawed or something's wrong with it and when you find that out you start hating that per that thing or person instead of looking at yourself and saying you know um i shouldn't have idolized that thing. yes so it's a way to stop looking at yourself and and, and make something else your god that's so. deep 
all people who idolize other people, when those people are not what they had in their mind, they blame the person rather than say, why, why did I just get the message or get what I want? Why did I put that person on a pedestal? And they never overcome it. They go from person to person looking for another idol or a group or something like that. Yes, Raymond. Absolutely, man. Yes, sir. Why do you hate the person you idolize? You had your hand, right? Yes. Okay. Because you realize that what you idolize doesn't do a thing to make you any better. Amazing. <laughs> nice. Do you idolize people? How old are you? I'm 20 now. You, when did you turn 20? <laughs> In September. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. Wow. You're going to be old soon. <laughs> you better get yourself a husband. <laughs> <Nah>. <laughs> I'll be nah, fine. Yeah. <laughs> Do you idolize anyone? Or have you ever idolized people? Yes. I was raised not to idolize anyone, though. Oh, you were? Yeah. Nice. And what made you do it? Because my dad told me that it was the best thing not to do. But, <laughs> but when just, you were doing it, why did you do it? Um, when <clears throat> I was doing it in the past, um, I did it because I didn't realize I was doing it. And I just, like, whether I liked a singer or I liked something, and then I realized I was putting that over responsibilities or you know, what I should be focusing on. Yeah. And so that's the reason why I did it. Amazing. Well, you're blessed to be so young and overcoming that, believe me. Thanks. Otherwise, you want to be like Madonna. <laughs> 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 do you idolize? Why do you I hate, uh, hate the person who idolize? I have uh, been thinking about it while I was sitting here trying to figure out what my answer is while listening to a lot of other enlightened answers and I hadn't thought about it until now but the thing that comes to mind for myself is um, when I was younger growing up in my teens and 20s I, I didn't know the Lord I was not uh, around God's people growing up so um, I idolized the uh, emotion that uh, women uh, certain kinds of women gave me yeah and, uh, that's because I had a, a mother who was um, absent, kind of detached from me, and so I was looking for that in, in other women. So women who were um, uh, kind and affectionate, I kind of idolized that feeling. That Amazing. Yeah. And uh, surprise, uh, none of those relationships worked. That's right. <laughs> That's right. They're never going to work. Amazing. So anyone else want to respond to the biblical question? Um, so that's what, what it is, well, that's what happened to Christ, too. Christ, when you, when you read about him or you see real moves about him, he made it clear with words that it's not me. It's my Father that sent me. The same thing as I do, you do. Greater is he that's in me is in you. And he made it clear that uh, my father and I, daddy and I, are one. Daddy and I are one. But the message was a uh, life-giving message, and they had never heard that kind of message before. And because they lived in their imagination, because all human beings live in their thoughts, there's not one that doesn't. Some overcome it, but most don't. 
and in the thoughts which are the devil, you have no idea how deep, how evil the imagination is. And it runs much deeper. And if you stay on this, you'll start to see it and overcome it. But the imagination is wicked, and it is, which is the devil, pretending to be God. It really is. It's pretending to be God. And everything God does, it does it. But it's just a fake imitation. It's wicked. And if you're lost in your imagination, you believe in it. And once you believe in it, you become worldly. And so you start to look to people, places, and things for something, for approval, to make you feel like you're equal to them or somebody, to make you feel like you're all right, or make you feel like you need to do this or do that. You look for emotions, as you were saying, you look for emotions from somebody. When I was into a lot of women, I wanted to say, I wanted that mama's love. Didn't even know it, but I wanted mama's love. And when they wanted to take it away, it felt like death. Like I was losing my soul. Either I was going to beat them up and make them stay and they're going to love me, <laughs> or I had to find another one. And I was idolizing and didn't know it. Most people said, you just didn't know it. That's why I felt like I lost God, right? And so when Christ came, because the people were in their imagination, they couldn't separate the man from the message. Had they just sat there and heard the message and let the message enter into them, they would have never idolized the man. They would have believed in the message. And they would never have idolized Christ, right? But they couldn't separate it because something was missing in them and they thought that they could get it from him. And so they missed it. And likewise, human beings do that with one another too. Entertainers, doctors and lawyers and psychiatrists and somebody that has money. And uh, you can meet someone who has a lot of money and you'll ask them, well, how did you get all that money? And they'll tell you how they got it. And you'll go out, try to do the same thing, get that money. And then it doesn't work for you. And then you'll get mad at the person that told you how to make the money because they made the money, but you didn't make it. Instead of looking at, well, what was wrong with me that I just took on what they tried to do and become the same way? The mind, which is the devil, is the one that causes you to idolize someone because you want something from that person. And so you create a false image of that person. Like they did with Christ. They created a false image. In their mind, which is of the devil, they made him God. And so they missed the message. And so when the world turned on Christ, they turned too. Oh, I didn't know he was a Jew. <laughs> Kill the Jew. And the people that follow him was willing to kill the Jew. They had worshipped the Jew. They had praised him. They were thanking God for him. They were pretending to be healed by him. But as soon as they found out somebody said something about him, they all turned on him. Oh, he's a Pharisee. Oh, he's something. He healed on Sabbath day. No, he did. I can't believe he did that. And they followed the man. Because in their mind, they wanted something else other than what he was giving them. And that was the truth. They had idolized them. And then when they falsely accused him or true accused him, 
they turned on him too because now they, 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 this reality set in that this is, this is a human being too. This human being is just like me. This human being, Christ had to pray to the Father. Just like he tells us to go and let the Father's will be done. I got to go off. They want to play with him a lot. He was like, I got to go off and see what my Father's will is. I'll be back. And he would go off and pray. And they still made him God in their own imagination. And they turned, look what Judas did to him. He turned on after making him, and Judas went looking for God. He wanted to meet this man he had heard about. Something in him told that this man had a message of freedom, a message of salvation. And he was like, I have been hearing about this guy. I want to meet him. And he went and met him and then loved him, which wasn't love, but he was getting a false identity from him. And then when they, when they told him to turn, he turned for a dollar bill. And that's what human beings do to one another. But if you were to overcome yourself and then be in the world but not of it, you can, it doesn't matter what someone else did or do. You would just pray for that person and you would hold on to the truth but you would not hold on to anything against the person. But you would blame the person that you made them an idol, not knowing that the devil that you worship made them an idol in your mind. It's just a person. And the, and the person said, hey, I'm just human. But the message with me, I'll bring you a message. But it's just me. But you'll do it anyway because you're not aware of the devil and his tricks. And then you'll blame the other person about it. Isn't that amazing? The devil will not let you look at you to see what you did, what caused you to believe it. You blame the other. The devil said, look, oh, they thought they were better than you. you but that was you thinking that. The other person didn't think that. You thought that. Instead of looking at the mind. That's why you got to overcome the thoughts. All thoughts are all lies all the time about anything. And the last thing the thought want is to die. It does, they don't want you to see them. They don't want it. And when you start to wake up to it, and, but you got to forgive first of all. I got to tell you that. You must see that you're wrong for hating. But as little kids, we can help it. We were subject to our parents, right? So we couldn't help it. But when you become old, that's when you start seeking the Father for yourself and see that you're wrong for hating by knowing yourself. And once you go and forgive, the light comes on. And then the light starts to grow. A little light comes on, and it starts to grow. As long as you keep your eyes on that light, you will start to discover and overcome. And the ego nature does not want to die. That's why the ego, which is the devil, tell the profession, the experts to tell you that you, that's who you are. Fight for who you are. And make the world accept who you are. We're not supposed to hate them, but we're not supposed to accept it either. Just like you're not supposed to accept the evil within yourself. And you're not supposed to fight with the evil. You're not supposed to fight with the devil within you and the devil outside of you and other. Never, ever, ever, ever fight. There was a guy called my show, and I always say, not always, but I say that I'm white on the inside and black on the outside. And he called my show, uh, you said you, you feel white on the inside. 
I said, I never said I feel white. Where you get that from? I'm like, what does feeling white feel like? When you said you feel white, no, I didn't. Where did you get that from? He got that from the darkness of his imagination. And he got so tied up, he's like, oh, okay, wait, I got to call you back. I got to get this right. And I never said it. And that's what human beings do to one another, too. Because you think it, you think that somebody else think it. And then you yell at that person for thinking what you think that they're thinking, but they're not even thinking it. It's you thinking it. You're thinking bad about me. Anybody ever thought of somebody thinking negative about you? Yeah. But it wasn't them thinking that. And even if they were thinking that, it's not about what they think about you. It's what you think that they think about you. <laughs> it's in everything with us. It really is. Because if you didn't think what they thought about you, it wouldn't even bother you. But you think what they're thinking. And they could be thinking what most of the time they're not even thinking anything. They have, they have their own problem, right? But you'll think that. I know people that I'm constantly with people that can't even walk across the road and if the car stop and they look over at the person in the car, the devil tell them, Oh, they thinking that you ugly. And they have to go back on the other side of the road because they're paralyzed by thinking what the person in the car think about them. And they were thinking that. And they'll blame the other person for thinking it. And the person like, I wasn't thinking that. And they're like, think about that. It's with us. It's not with anyone else. All our issues began with us and end with us. And as you overcome in the fallen state, it's ending. And you will get to a point where someone else think wouldn't even occur to you. It wouldn't even occur to you. It wouldn't even occur to you if they're thinking good or bad about you. It wouldn't occur to you what they're thinking. So just think about that. When you think about what somebody's thinking about you, it's you thinking about that. And the devil tell you they are thinking that. And they're not. And even the word wouldn't matter anyway, but they're not thinking that. And if they were thinking that, like I just said, if you didn't think about what they thought, you wouldn't have a problem. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Just think about that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what happened with Christ. Christ was so amazing. He never thought about what someone else thought about him. And they thought all kinds of things about him. He never thought about. I remember there was a, a time when the disciples went out and they came back and they went out spreading the word and they came back and they were telling Christ, oh, they were saying this about you. They were saying that about how wonderful you are, you God. And he was like, well, what do, what do you think about me? What did you think? What did you say? Or something like that. He didn't ask, well, what, how did you respond to them? What did they say? He didn't care about that. And he wanted to make sure they could see for themselves that it was the he was the son, but he had a message from daddy. He wasn't daddy. And then I, I was looking at one of the old uh, religious movies with a clip from it. Who was that guy that went up to it and started burning bush? Moses. Who? Moses. Oh, Moses. Dude, the preachers, preacher folks already know that, right? 
It was Moses. And Moses went up, and when he came back, he saw God up there. What I do want to add, the same burning bush that he saw up there is in us. It really is. The fire, the light is in us. Moses said that God, something like, I'm paraphrasing, he has written the word on our hearts and in our minds. It's written. It's in us already. But you got to look there for it and be willing to let everything go that you've been taught. Do not hold on to the intellect. The intellect is evil. The intellect will gather knowledge and make you think you know God and you don't. It will make you think you're better and you're not. It will make you think that people are looking down on you and it would matter to you. Or that someone is trying to make you feel good. It would matter to you. It would tell you that you're wonderful. But if you let it go, you will have no idea about anything and that's the way to live. The word is written in our hearts. It's in us. It's in our mind. We have the spirit of God, the Holy Spirit to teach us. And Christ was telling us that. The New Testament is all about that. You can read the book. It's okay. Nothing wrong with reading, but don't make the book your savior. It's just letters on a page pointing you back to the kingdom of heaven within. And when you feel something from the world, whatever you feel from it, just know it's not the world's fault that you feel it. It's your fault, and you need to overcome it. So be glad for it when it happens. Rejoice in the time of tribulation. When Christ had to go to the cross and when they were treating him bad, when the disciples turned on him, and they all did, see. Just think about that. They were all friends with, they loved the man. And then they, somebody said something and they scattered because they had the wrong image of him. They had the wrong image. This is why husband and wife relationship don't work. They have the wrong image of one another. They were trying to get something. If they were not trying to get anything from each other, but given the marriage would last until death do your part. It really would. But these marriages are, uh, can hardly last from the church. They get out the door, they're ready to divorce. Because they want something. You got to make me feel a certain way. You got to say nice things about me. You got to do nice things for me. You got to cook my meal. You got to do this. If a husband gets home and the wife doesn't cook his meal, it shouldn't matter. You have a trifling wife and just know it. <laughs> but don't hate the trifling wife. The trifling wife got problems. You know what I'm saying? But he'll, he'll come home and want to fight. You didn't cook my meal. I'm going to beat you. <laughs> Instead of showing love. And the wife would get up and make the meal if you had real love. She really would. But if you get mad at her, yell at her, the spirit of the devil is going to get mad at and yell too. It's a mess. And while you're fighting, you could have been having, making and having a good meal. We are, Christ is in us. It's so interesting. He's in us. But you got to let go. All of your imagination, all of your images about yourself, and that's why you hate, you, you hate the person you idolize because you have created an idol in your mind. I know of people who have told people, don't make me an idol. 
I'm, I, I just brought you a message. Don't make, and they make up an idol anyway, and then they turn on them. And they blame them instead of themselves. Um, even in politics, I see it a lot in politics. And I'm not pushing government, right, but I'm just observing. I'm not telling you who to vote for. Vote for who you want. Don't vote. It's like with Donald Trump, for example. Remember how so many people loved him? At one time, they loved him. Especially when he first ran. They were loving him, wearing the hats and buying the shirts and loving him. And then they find out, oh, he cheated with his wife, or with some woman, right? Or he said something about some medicine or something. And they turned just like that because they didn't agree with that part. And they don't like the man at all now because they made him into an idol. And I said, don't make him an idol. Just keep a little space so that when you disagree with stuff, it won't be a problem. The thing you do agree with, you still can work together. But don't judge. Don't make them an idol. And they did. You got to stop doing it when you overcome, you will. But you got to see and know yourself to know that. You can't even, and don't even try, but you can't convince the Christians that Jesus was not God. That even though he said, I'm the son, I have a father. And when you become my brothers and sisters, what I own, you own it too. Because you will inherit what I own. It's yours because of my father. But it, it, they have made them an idol, and you can't break it. They have to want to overcome that. And when they overcome that, they're going to have an amazing relationship with Christ. Because right now, those who believe that Christ is God, he's far out there. They can never be like him, they say. I can never be like God or like Christ. He's too much. He's too big. He's too this. Well, he's just like us. He's so simple. He loved the Father as we should. But they can't believe him because they have made him into more. And he was amazing. He came with a car. He had not done anything wrong. I recognize that. And I appreciate that my big brother obeyed my father, God, and came here and saved my soul from the devil. I'm grateful. But I still know he's my brother and not my God. But the people that think that he's his God, same way they treat each other. It's all in the mind, though. It's a setup from the devil. It's not real. The devil got your mind in all kinds of way. I had a nice lady, so she's probably watching, so I have to say nice. A nice lady called my show, and I said that he was a good example, the, the great white hope was a good example of a Christian. And she's like, uh -huh. I have a little problem with that. Oh, why? Because he tried to make me take the medication or something. I'm like, he didn't try to make you do that. He offered, he said, do it if you want, but he said, you got to do it. They can't separate. You got to be able to separate good from evil. What are y'all thinking? Any questions about that? It's going to be an amazing way to live. I promise you that. And you will live here on earth and not be earthy, not be worldly. And yet you'll be able to enjoy the things of the world. Because the things of the world is a gift from God for us. Our bodies is a gift. That's why 
I, uh, a lot of people put tattoos on their body, their bodies now, and I understand why. But our bodies is a gift from God, and we should not do it. You know, mess up the temple because it's an amazing gift from God. But they put tattoos on them anyway. And, and God's not going to bother you about the tattoo. He didn't care. It's a gift. He gave it to you. He said, hey, take care of this gift, right? But, uh, and if we can appreciate this gift, we wouldn't put tattoos on it. But you don't appreciate, you don't know it's a gift. The ability to speak is a gift from God. But what we do, we cuss each other out. We take a nice gift and use it for evil. We lie because we don't appreciate the gift. Our voice is a gift from God. To have children, to get married is a gift from God. Why not love one another as the Father loves us? But the devil won't let that happen because you believe him over what is right. You have identified with the devil. Amazing, huh? Okay, let me take here first and then here. You can overcome it, though, but you got to, oh, let me just say this, and then I, don't forget. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So when you say that you are these things, other than just being, you bring your death to yourself. You identify with the devil. When you say, I am poor, you're condemning yourself. When you say, I am rich, you're condemning yourself. Because if you ever lose that richness, you want to jump off a bridge. You made that your God. You have made that to be who you are. It is not you at all. And that's who you get your identity from. When you say, I'm a drag queen, you are condemning yourself. You're taking on the identity of a false identity, which is of the devil, and you're going to suffer for it. I don't care how many laws they pass, how many government says it's okay. Inwardly, you're suffering because you have an illusion of a, you're, in, you're deluded. You're in a false identity. Life and death. That's why I was talking Thursday about be careful when you say, I am this. I, don't say it. It's not you. And just imagine if you never said these things about yourself again, what would you do with yourself? I am black. I am white. I am Chinese. Oh, I am. Don't you, when you say I am Chinese, don't you identify with rice or raw fish? <laughs> Isn't that true? Every time I think of Chinese, I want raw fish and rice. Same thing. I can't tell the difference. Anytime I think of being black, I want candy yams, collard green, macaroni and cheese. Because that go with being black. That's American black. American black. African black's different. Well, but just think, so stop condemning yourself. You're neither good nor evil. You're neither right nor wrong. You're neither poor nor rich. You're neither black nor white. You're neither male nor female. Stop identifying with it. And you'll have the true identity then. 
You have a false identity because you are saying it and life and death. You're neither depressed. We, because all of those identities are that, those identities of, are of your father, the devil. They are in the imagination and the physical emotions of the body. They are not of God. They are all false identities from the devil that you worship. Isn't that amazing? You're none of those things. You're neither up or down. You have never created your own suicidal thought. It didn't come from you. When you say, I want to kill myself, that's not you. The devil wants you to kill yourself. He's telling you that. That's not from you. He's pretending to be you. And then you have you saying, oh, yeah, I want to kill myself. And the more you say it, the more you want to do it. You can live a life without doing all this stuff to yourself. But you got you to see what's going on within you. All right? Life and death is the power of the tongue. So stop identifying with it. If you got to say something, you say, I'm not this thing. Those are not my thoughts. Those are not my feelings. And then you bring life because you stop identifying with them. That's not me telling me to kill myself. You can say that, and you bring some life because it's going to destroy this false identity. After a while, you won't have to say that because you will no longer identify with imagination. But stop speaking this stuff into your life. You're in control of your life and don't even know it. And yet, it's not you, it's either the devil or God, but I don't care who else named these things and what they say. Let them say what they want, and don't get mad at them. If they want to identify with these things, let you don't need to go out and pick it against the LGBTQ people, whatever, because they want to be all that. Let them be that. If they ask you about it, no, that's not who they are. They'll worship the devil. They'll identify with the wrong spirit. Love them enough to tell the truth. And don't accept it as a right, but just know they don't know. They can't see. And they'll be used, too. They're like the blacks. They're like the whites. They're like the poor. They're like the, the homeless people are being used. The people don't love the homeless people. They're, doing, they're using them for money. Okay. Y'all so quiet. Yes, right. You know, um, I can remember when, as a small child, um, I can remember seeing my, my father, you get drunk and kind of act wild. And I remember that I had that innocence right there. I would try to hide and wonder why things would happen. And, and, uh, and so I lost that innocent part of me. Then I became that person that hated and didn't like and things like that. And then, you know, idolize. I don't think, um, so I had no, I don't believe I had a choice. I was kind of thrown into it and, and the devil did, you know, that's when he entered me. And I can remember having nightmares, uh, you know, real scary, scary nightmares as a small child. And, and that way of thinking, you can't help but say, I, well, why is this happening to me? And I, uh, that whole thing happens to you and you have no choice. That's the why the parents got to be right. We should have righteous parents so they can protect us from evil. You're absolutely right. But instead, they impose their evil upon us. And then we repeat it, and we don't overcome it. 
But if you overcome it and you do to get married, have children, they don't have to go through the hell. You would give them love, real love. Amazing. You're absolutely right. As kids, we're subject to it. Yes, sir. Just in um, talking about um, idols or whatever, um, short story. Um, several years back, I was riding in a vehicle with someone, um, and they were playing like some praise music, like some gospel music, and the chorus just kept saying Jesus over and over again. Like it just kept saying Jesus, and and like it didn't sit well with me. And the person that was um, actually in the car with me was singing along. And I, I knew that this person was very hateful, like very hateful, but they were really singing this song. And I was hateful at the time too, so let me just you know, point that out. But um, it's, it's just, um, the, just idolizing Jesus or making Jesus God. I think, so I think that's just a way, again, of people like, they say that he died for our sins or whatever. And so no matter what I do or whatever sin I commit, I could be as hateful as I want to be. Since Jesus is God, he died for my sins, so it doesn't matter what I, he died for my sins. So I think that's another cop-out for people who say that Jesus is God, instead of saying, okay, he's the son of God. I don't know if that makes sense or not. But. And uh, to add to that, the sin that he died for is uh, of the heart. It's not of the body. It's not, that's why it's salvation of the heart. And once the heart is changed to love, then everything else, the darkness will be destroyed. Um, I don't quite understand what you were saying. Do people say that Jesus is God just as a cop-out to say, since he is God, he's not the son of God, he is God. So I don't have to look at myself. Oh, I All of my sins have been taken care of by God himself. But you no, know? they say it because either they've been, ta- they've been, most of the time, they've been taught that. They heard the preacher said, or their mother said, or, and then they, the preacher say, well, I know one scripture they like to use a lot. In the beginning, that was the word, the word with God, God with the word, word with God, right? The preacher used that to say that this is proof that Jesus God, right? And they'll use that. And so they've been convinced. It's like with anybody that's into their head and believe that there are whatever identity they take on, you can't convince them of that. That's why you should never argue it. They can't convince, but they have been taught that. Because when I was growing up, we were taught that Jesus was the son of God. And now I can see as an adult, I see for myself that he is the son and not the father. But they've been taught, most have been taught that. And I want you to know that sin is not the vices. Because the church teaches you, try to tell you you got to overcome the vices. You need to start being a slut. How are you going to stop being a slut? You need to stop being a slut maker. How are you going to stop being a slut maker, right? The more you stop or try to stop, the worse you get. And the more you tell yourself, I'm not going to be a slut maker anymore. Next week you had 10 sluts. Because <laughs> you lie to yourself. You can't stop it. It's the nature of the devil. But when the heart, the sin is playing God. And whenever you try to change yourself, you're playing God. Whenever you try to stop yourself from doing anything like smoking or whatever, you're playing God. But once you see that you're not God by going and forgiving, you stop playing God. 
Because when the heart changes from love, the light shows you that you're not God. There's nothing you can do about anything. Let go and let God. So you stop trying to overcome anything. And the more you stop trying, you start to overcome. The more you try to overcome, the worse you get. And you just go from one thing to another one. Let's say you stop being a slut maker. You'll become something else. Because you're trying to be God. The sin is being God. You think you're God. But once the heart changes, you'll see you're not God. Because it's spiritual. It's a spirit. Satan is a spirit that lives in human body. God is a spirit that lives in human body. He lives up there, but he lives in us too. It's just all spiritual. And so I think they've been taught that. And they believe it. And they're not tired of suffering yet. They love their suffering. And when they're tired of suffering, they'll overcome it. But the beauty is, even though salvation is a gift from God, he ain't going to make you take the salvation. He ain't going to make you. He don't like the gift. Okay, fine. He's not going to be sad about it. He's not going to cry about it. He's still going to have a nice cup of cafe mocha with a, sometime a, a hot roll on the side. And let's let you suffer. Have you noticed he just let you suffer? You get on your knees and cry and pray and beg and plead with the Lord. I had to beg the Lord. And nothing happened. Like, what's going on here? I'm begging. Please help me, God. Anybody ever done that? And nothing happened. He ain't helped you when you were begging. You know why? Because you were begging Satan. Because the thing you're begging him for is already done. How he going to help you when the help is already done? Wow. It's already done. You just need to accept it. But you got to reject the devil. That's amazing. Huh? You don't have fear. That fear you have is of the devil. It's not your fear. Perfect love cast out fear. Emotions are of the devil, and yet the world push emotion like it go. Even Steve Harvey, oh, I cry sometimes. What the? <laughs> How do you convince men they need to be crying? And even men say, well, I'm like, why do you cry? Well, a man's supposed to cry. It's hard being a man. When did it get so hard to be a man you got to cry? It's the devil pushing hatred as love. Don't let anyone convince you. Even the Christians believe that anger is fine because Jesus was angry, they say. There's not one person that has anger and you're free. Anyone that has anger is miserable. They have worries, they're angry, they overreact, they doubt, they have fear, they overreact to the world, everything, all in the name. And that's what they did to Christ. And human beings are the same. And so when they turn on you, just know that whether it's family members, your daddy, your mama, just wish them well. That's them. It has nothing to do with you. It really doesn't have anything to do with you. But the devil wanted to make you think whatever they're doing, it affects you, and it doesn't. Amazing, huh? Anybody want to say something about all that, any of that? Oh, y'all look like y'all getting it. Yes. It's an amazing way to live right here on earth. 
I don't know if I really want to say anything, but I can't. <laughs> I feel like I, I need to. I, um, my sister said to me recently, the mind is a terrible thing to save. Yes. And the more I am watching my ego die, it is, it is, like you said, it is deep. It runs deep. The devil is relentless. And as I just reflect, like even on these past two weeks and think about moments where I've been afraid or I've felt shame or embarrassment, like I'm starting to just really see it as it's happening, you know, in front of people, wherever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Um, and how even in the silent prayer, you know, I... There were a couple times this week I was sitting there for probably about 40 minutes, which felt like three minutes. And I realized, like, I was the one trying to fight the devil, and I had to lay my weapon down. So, and it's like, even since I've seen that, he's, like, coming in different doors. And like you said, bringing in friends. And it, I really, this morning, I just was like, can we just take my brain out and, like, just wash it? You know, like, I'm so desperate for a renewed mind I can't <laughs> which is I guess a good place to be in because I I really want to know God I, I I'm just realizing how much I don't know God and he's been this like Christmas card snowflake reindeer yeah. Easter egg hunt I don't I don't know I really it's a cartoon really and, and to add will you feel desperate let desperation happen. You want to feel desperate. Let that happen, all right? And right beyond desperation is freedom. When it just feels so overwhelming. And you feel so, like you would say, I just want to know God. Why? Where, how come God is so difficult to find? Or and that's Satan talking well, but to yeah, you. Yeah, and that's what I can see that, is that I don't... But, but you want to feel the yeah. desperation. Let the desperation happen, and then you'll be free. Go through that, too. Most people run away from desperation, right? They don't want to feel desperate. I, I'm, 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 I couldn't be more of a buffalo right now. <laughs> I'm running towards the storm, I, you know. And yes. Just, which is all good, and, and it is all good. It's, I, I guess my point in even opening my mouth is how clever and the relentless the devil is and how much I'm seeing how he's really worked my mind since a small child. I mean, yes, I, I mean, as I Francisco really was saying, since yeah. you were a child, yeah. you were subject to that. Yeah, I, I can see very specific moments when I think back to those times. So, you know, what's so interesting to me that blows my mind when you come out of that darkness you're going to see that everything, as Sean was saying, it's already here. It's already done. You're free. Everything you need, everything you want, everything you are, and all you really have to do is just live. Get up and go to work, fish your car, make some food. That's all you need to be doing. And everything, it's so, it's mind-blowing. As dark as your imagination is, when he renew your mind, and he will, it's going to be clear. Everything is just there and no more darkness.
Yeah. Isn't that like amazing? Yeah, and I'll just finish with this. Somebody else wants to share. I can see, I had moments this week of being in silent prayer and seeing that, like seeing my spirit is safe, my spirit is whole, my spirit yeah. is taken care of. And I, it was almost like I could see this mess outside of me, but not being afraid of it. And I'm just amazed at how the devil is just not letting go. I'm just, I don't know why that he, should be amazing. He wants your soul. Yeah, the devil wants right. your soul. Right. That's why the devil doesn't want you to be still and let go. So during the day, make sure you take a moment and just take a breath and just relax and let go. He doesn't want you to be still. He, do, he would rather have you hooping and hollering, on your knees praying, on your knees crying, on your knees begging, than to just take a moment and let go. Just be quiet, let go. Take a breath and be still. And then I want to urge you to start slowing down. Just slow down and do things in, a, in awareness. Don't be rushing through everything. Just slow down. And it's working then. It's working. But you got to slow down and let it happen rather than racing with it. Yeah. I I have slowed down tremendously. I mean, we're talking snail, snail space yeah. compared to... Even when you speak, <laughs> speak in consciousness, not unconscious. Yeah. Amazing, huh? It is. Stay with it, stay with it, stay with it. One thing about waking up, not woke, but waking up, truly waking up, you're not going to be able to go back anyway. Once you wake up, you're not going back. It's impossible. So don't worry about that. But you got to spiritually wake up and not intellectually wake up. Anybody ever felt desperation? You felt desperation? Nice. Raymond and then right here. You felt desperation? Yes, I have. I, I love that word now. And I'm going to tell you why in a minute. It, and what did, you, what did it feel like? It feels like... Yeah. Uncontrolled fear because when I pray, yep. at times do I always start shaking and shiver, and shaking and shivering like something and something doesn't want to let go, uh, let go at the at the mo in the moment, and that uh, and at times that fear uh, that fear is so great that I felt impotent as well as desperate. And what did you do in your desperate moments? How did you deal with it? I do nothing in that moment yeah. because I know I can't do nothing. And don't whine when you're desperate, and you will be, as, especially after ego is dying, because Satan's going to tell you this is never going to end. Where's God? How come God's so hard to find? Where's God now? And you're going to feel desperate, but feel it. And so what did desperation in the white shirt, what did desperation feel like for you? You, felt, you say you felt it, right? Yeah, yeah. And what did it feel like for you? Oh, wow. so for me, desperation was one of the best times in my life because um, it came at a time when I was waking up. And so um, five or just six different things was happening at the same time. And it seemed like everything was converging to like make my life hell. But when it actually, when I had some time to reflect, um, I was in hell. And God was using all of these, quote, unquote, desperation moments to help wake me up. 
and made yeah. me more aware of what was going on. So, it, you ever seen like, um, like when you're pulling something apart and stretching it, and the tighter it is, the, 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 the more it's like painful and hard to pull apart. And so that's like kind of what it was going through. It's actually the separation of the not you and the real you. And so that's why it feels painful when it's pulling apart because God needs to separate you from that false you. It's the Satan that's inside of you. And because you so closely identify with it, you see it as yourself hurting. And so it feels pain and painful in the body when you're going through the, the, the yeah. separation. But it, it's not you. It's totally and the not. devil be trying to tell you, you ought to cry. <laughs> I remember when I was going through the desperate moments, right? He was, I, a voice would tell me to cry. And then I'd be about to cry. I'm like, I ain't crying. That's the devil telling me that. What am I crying for? It makes you want to cry. Yeah. The, the thoughts tell you it's so bad you need to do something. At least one tear. Yeah. Get high, do something. I interviewed a girl on the father's stage the other day, and she's really into pot. To the point that they have a pot. What, 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 her pot is named after her or something? What did she say that pot would desire for her or something? And so she, when she, on the way here, she said, Does Jesse smoke? She wanted to bring me a gift. <laughs> And the devil like, let her bring the gift, just look at it. <laughs> I knew that girl had brought that pot, she and I'd be smoking it on the fallen state. <laughs> I told her, no, nah, I don't smoke. Amazing. But desperation, you want to feel the desperation. It ain't no pretty feeling, but it's a dying. You want to feel it, and above that is life. And you will get through it if you stay with it. It ain't no pretty feeling. <laughs> Believe me. You say you felt desperation before? And then I saw your hair. I'll come to you. What did it feel like to you when you felt it? Um, it just felt like I had to be doing something. So yeah. whenever I was desperate, I would definitely attach myself to a, a woman <laughs> for companionship yeah. or attach myself to food. And I would always do stuff in the middle of the night. You know, I'd go get me some food in the middle of the night, come home, eat it in the room, yeah. and, and act like nothing happened. I was really good at hiding in plain sight. At least I thought I was. Um, or I would just go out and party, go on a binger for a little while, go to work. Everything seemed fine at work. And, um, but I remember I had a coworker. He, would be, he's, he was a recovering, you know, he would call himself a recovering alcoholic, doing the steps and all that stuff. And he was like, hey, Johnny, uh, he was like, I've been watching you. I was like, what do you mean? You know, he's like, well, I mean, you can be an alcoholic on the weekends, you know, just because you don't drink every day doesn't mean you can't be an alcoholic on the weekends. And he was just kind of pretty much saying, like, he sees some of the symptoms in me, right? And I was like, okay, that's fine, you know, but yeah. that made me more desperate, <laughs> the fact that I believed it, right? So I was like, I'm just going to go out and Oh, do you my believed thing. it? I did. I believed it. And, yeah. um, and when I believed it, I became more desperate. Like, what am I supposed to do? You know, yeah. like, I don't know what else to do. But really, it was just... I noticed every time I felt anything like that, I would create a new identity to protect. The ego would create a new identity to protect what I was feeling. Yeah. And um, so, and I had a bunch of identities protecting other parts of me that I felt like that were uh, destroying me. And I thought if I could just change it, create it, you know, and I didn't know I was even doing that. Right. We don't the, know that we're doing this. Yeah, I didn't know stuff. I was even creating these identities yeah. my whole life to deal with whatever traumas I was dealing with at the time that made me feel some type of semblance of, oh, this feels better than what I was dealing with before. 
but then it just creates a new identity to deal with that. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. When you're feeling the desperation, just know God is with you. Let it die. It's the nature of the devil that's dying. It's not you. And so go, count it all joy where you're feeling the pain. It's the death of the devil and you will rise and live. You really will. But you got to go through it. And don't let anything or anyone stop you from feeling it, from going through it. And it's going to come on its own because the devil does not want to die. And the beauty is he has no other choice. When you're committed, when you're all in, he's got to depart from you, and he will. The light will destroy the darkness. He will. And when you stop identifying with it, even in the desperation, just know it's not you. It's not you. You have to say, I know it's not me. These are not my thoughts. These are, this pain is not mine. It'll die. It really will. The ego must die. Uh, let me take this young man with the blue and then right here. Yeah, you had your hand? Yeah. Okay. You, when you brought up desperation, right? Right. If, to me, if it just feels like you want to scream and, and rant at yeah. like the cement. Speak from the chest. You want to rant at cement. And you have no mouth. Yeah. Don't do any of those things. The devil wants you to do those things so it can stay alive. You just quietly take it and let it happen. The light is fighting on your behalf. So when the desperate, don't try to make the desperation come. It'll come on its own. All right? Cause it doesn't want to die. Yes, ma'am. I have two questions. Um, the first one, um, regarding I am. Um, it's become very popular to for people to say these affirmations. Yeah. So what do you say to that, to even saying, like, I am, you know, worthy. I am confident, you know. Uh, I am a victor, not a victim. Even if you're stating scriptures, even. Right. How do you, what are your thoughts? I would tell that? them to stop lying to themselves. They'll worship the devil. Because you're not wonderful. You're not victorious. In none of those things. They don't know who they are. They're talking to the false self. And they're just repeating the words that they've heard or read, but they don't know the meaning of it. Okay. Yeah. All right. I suspected you would say that. <laughs> I just because it's giving them a false sense of being victorious, mm -hmm. and when they go out in the world, they'll be defeated. The first person say the wrong thing, the first time thing doesn't go right with them, the first time the boss has to yell at them, the first time something happens, they Victorious, out the, victorious, victorious is out the window. It's a lie. I used to be very immersed in the metaphysical, and I remember doing that, and it, would, it was so temporary. It would, yeah. it, would, it would feel good, right? and I would feel like, oh my gosh, things are actually happening, and it would just die. Yeah. It, be, it was so temporal. But, I used um, to go to a church, that, the last church I attended, uh, they used to have people saying stuff like that. And then and if you say to them, you ain't bitch, you stupid. They get mad right, right after they said they were bitch. bitch. Right. <laughs> I'm like, what the? Then it's just another lie that you tell yourself, a false identity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the next question I have is that I am definitely committed. However, over the course of this last week, especially, 
I have found myself in my thoughts, like to the, to the point where I know I'm in my thoughts and I say, this is the devil, I'm in my thoughts, yeah. but I can't stop the thoughts nice. from coming in. Yeah. And I, previous to this week, when I first entered into this and started being aware of my thoughts, I would, I would make such a concerted effort to get out of my thoughts. But this time I just stayed in it. I just stayed in it. I just, I, I didn't fight it, um, but they kept coming. And I had a few moments like that this week and, and ultimately yeah. it dissipates it. But what do you, what, what is your suggestion in moments like that? Just relax in it and let it pass through you. Okay. It will pass. And as I said, if it gets so rough, you, you can just say, these are not my thoughts. Okay. That way you're not identifying with it. This is not my feeling. Eventually you won't even have to say anything because it won't be there. But if you need to say that, you can say that. But don't, don't do anything else. The spirit of truth, the spirit of God will defeat the devil and he will have to depart from you. And then after a while, he'll, he'll start coming to you with little things because he's losing authority over you. And then after a while, there will be nothing. It'll be nothing because, and the more you catch him, the more you catch him by being aware, the less the pain going to be. So you got to practice being aware. Even during the day, when you forget to be aware, the worst sin in the world is forgiveness. When you forget to be aware, the presence of God, then just don't judge it, come back to it. Practice keeping your mind where your body is instead of locked in your head. And after a while, it's going to all smooth out. It'll be fine. Because the devil will have to leave you and go and get into someone else. He lived through inhuman beings. And so he will have to depart from you. But don't worry about when or how or how long. You just relax and overcome. Let the light cause you to overcome. And so you really, I, the devil used to really have my thoughts in the morning. When I first wake up, he's already there in, in the house and I ain't know it. Right. <laughs> you know, like what the? But that's why I, I do my silent prayer. I get up, I'm aware of myself getting up, getting, putting my feet on the floor there, going to the bathroom, to whatever. Mm -hmm. Just practice being aware. And you're gonna be in and out, but eventually the awareness, which is the light of God, will overtake the darkness. It really will. Thank you. Amazing, huh? Yeah. So in closing here, how many of you are starting to realize that even if it's somewhat intellectually, you're starting to realize that all these identities are not yours. They're not you. You're starting to see that? Good. Even if you can't believe it totally, just know it's true. Intellectually, just know it's true. And eventually, you will see the wisdom in it. You will see it. It's not you. None of these things are you. I remember I used to do a lot of picking in and stuff. Like when the, LB, like the LGBT people out there are carrying on right now. Normally I have me a sign that they're picking, fighting against them, right? But I realized they don't know it's not them. They, and there's nothing you can do about it. And I'm just trying to prove I'm better than them. That's all it is. Two devils fighting. If we really want to change things, get involved. Get involved with government. Become the, help make the laws that the right kind of laws. Picking it ain't doing it. 
fighting against one another out there, burning down buildings and not doing it. Get involved. Christians don't believe they should be involved in government. See what happens when you're not involved in the government? Look at kind of laws that are being passed against Christianity. These laws are against Christianity. And then they want to make you mad so you go out and fight one another and then they'll lock up the Christians. They don't lock up the children of the devil because they need them to do what they're doing to the Christians. Stop fighting with them. Get involved. Pass the right kind of laws. Or vote for people that are going to pass the right kind of laws. All right. Okay. Did I see your hands? Yes, sir. I think it was uh, Thomas Sowell that said, uh, you have to have knowledge to know nothing. So what are we supposed to know if knowledge is not? <laughs> I don't know what that meant. I don't know what he meant by that. You need knowledge to learn how to build a truck. You need knowledge to know how to make food. Make food, cook. Yeah. But maybe I don't know what he make meant. Make an by omelet. That. Yes, sir. I know what he meant. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's kind of this idea that goes back to like Socrates where it's the the truly wise person knows how little they know. Like people the truly that wise person knows what? The truly wise person knows how little they know. Yeah. So there's this idea that like even the even the most intellectual person, everything they know is still like a fraction to what could be known. Intellectual people don't know nothing. They are dumb as a doorknob. <laughs> they really are. I didn't know how dumb the intellect was until I started to overcome the intellect. I had to overcome it to see how dumb it was. I sometimes I shake my head at how dumb I was. I'm like, what the? Everything you think is wrong, except practical stuff, right? But everything else that you think is wrong. When you think, I made it, the devil about to kick your butt. Never think, I have made it. You were God's situation, right? Because if you were there, you don't need, there's nothing to think about. It just is. So some people, they don't have, uh, they're not into their thoughts for a few days, and the devil tells them, you made it. You're not having thought. And they say, oh, I made it. And right after that, the devil come home and drive them nuts. And now they're freaking out. All thoughts are all lies all the time. All right. Um, yes, sir, with the hat. This your first time. Any questions about what you heard today? No, I'm just listening. Take the mic for me. Yeah. What's your first name? Comron. And how did you hear about us? Uh, my friend Joshua here. Okay. Any questions about what you heard? No, I'm, it's, I'm, it's happening in real time for me. Right on. Have you gone and forgiven your mother? I have at one point. I, I, think, I think I remember doing that, but... I'm not talking to my mom and my dad anymore, so. You're not what? I'm not talking to them anymore. You haven't? You're yeah, not? Yeah, so I've forgiven them within myself. But you haven't told them? I have in the past. But how about since you've been aware that you need to do it? It's a hard question. I, I feel like I was aware that I needed to forgive them in the Oh, past. when you did it? You know, like, yeah, uh, because. So I, you've I gone to them and said, I'm sorry for hating y'all? Yeah. You told them that? Yeah. Oh, good, man. Yeah, my mom didn't like that very much, but. Yeah. Women have big egos. Yeah. And they, the last thing they want to hear is the truth. Yeah. I used to, I definitely used to boost my mom's ego all the time, you know. Yeah. Tell her nice things, like, thank you so much, and <laughs> so nice, you do all these good things for me. Yeah. 
Yeah. And she didn't get mad then. No, oh no. No. <laughs> but when you say I'm sorry for resenting you, now she's mad. Oh, yeah. Like, what, what do you mean you resent me? <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing resenting God? Right. Are you doing the silent prayer? I, I, I'm kind of confused on what is silent prayer technically, but I think I understand what it is. Well, silent prayer is when you sit quietly, close your eyes and just relax and let go all the thoughts. Mm-hmm. And you just watch them coming and going like you're watching a movie mm-hmm. so that you would, God would bring you out of the imagination into the light. Mm-hmm. And that way you would grow and grow and grow and stop identifying with the thoughts because all thoughts are of the devil. Mm-hmm. But you think that they're yours. And so being still, being quiet would bring you out of that. And then eventually the devil will have to disappear I, from you. I think I'm doing that on like a regular basis now. Oh, okay. But not intentionally. I'm just letting it. Well, be aware if you're doing it or not so you know for sure. Yeah. All right? I'm just aware of my thoughts mainly. If I have a thought, I'm like, oh, okay. I know what that is. I don't want to do yeah, it. Yeah, let it pass. <laughs> yeah. Amazing, man. Well, yeah. I'm glad you're here. Thank Thanks you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for the show. Right on. Yeah. Nice. Uh, any questions? How are you doing? Right. Yeah, do you ever panic like that? Desperation? Um, here and there. You're, and, and how do you deal with when it happened? I mean, as of recently, I've been trying to like sit in it and yeah. watch it. And yeah. Just go through the pain. And another thing I want you all to know that all pain, spiritual pain like that, is from the devil. Mm-hmm. Pain is not a good thing. All inner pain, I'm not talking about physical sickness or physical pain, but all pain is evil. God does not give you pain. And you do not give yourself that pain. All pain is evil. So when it happens, just like you said, let it pass through. Sit in it, but let it go. Don't hold on to it. Yeah, I think I recognize it now, and I can kind of see it more clearly yeah. for what it is, but it's still painful. It is. So. Because it's, and you're right to see it. It's true. It's painful in the body. Mm-hmm. It really feels painful, but it's not you. You don't have to deny that you feel this pain. Because you do feel the pain, but it's still, it's your body and not you. Yeah, I also feel like as well, like, how long is this going to last? Because I feel like I get rid of a bunch of stuff and then, like, I'm, I feel good for, like, not feel good, but, like, it's pretty steady for two or three, four weeks. And it's yeah. like, bam, something else. And yeah. it's like, oh, yeah. I thought I was right. Like, I thought I was straight. <laughs> right. And, and so, as I just said, never think you're right. Yeah. Really, I never think I'm right. Okay. I never, because every thought is from the devil. If you think it, it's the devil telling you that. Okay. And then once you believe him, you go unconscious. Mm-hmm. And that's when he can come in and beat you up with something else. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So in God, there is no thinking. In the light, there is no thinking. So when the devil tell you, oh, you had a whole week. You're walking on water now. You're about to drown. Yeah. If you believe it. But, so when that thought comes, just let it pass. All right. Real quick, what you said was really good because I was I've been trying to figure out and I got my answer just now this week. When do we go unconscious? And so when we believe the devil, that's when we go unconscious. Yes. It's like what this man was saying. You just kind of see those thoughts and you let them go. You know, that's not him. Long as you when you don't believe the devil, you're conscious. When you believe the devil, you go unconscious. That's all going on. All right. Oh, me. Yes, sir. 
Okay. I don't think I've um, arrived or anything, but just my silent pray prayer has, I've seen a change in it, uh, and it, this may help someone out in, you know, right. YouTube world or whatever, but um, just um, not being willful during your si silent prayer with anything, not trying to uh, hit a certain, like, minute mark or, you know, I'm going to do it for just and um, not trying to get rid of your thoughts or not trying right. to, I mean, just stop being willful at all during your silent prayer and things that, start to fall into place. That's a that's perfect point. Doing. All you need to do is watch. Don't try to make anything happen. Don't try to make yourself get rid of it. Don't try to have good ones or don't try anything. Just watch it. And it is willful. Let your will go and let God's will be done. Just watch it. Uh, one of the guys said that he was, he started doing a silent prayer when he sat down to do it. In a few minutes, he started having all these thoughts, so many thoughts, and he stopped because he was having all these thoughts. But uh, that's, that's the reason to keep going, not the reason to stop because God is bringing, the light is bringing you out of those thoughts. You've been in those thoughts, living with them, believing them, thinking that they were you, and you're doing what they tell you to do. Whatever it might be, right? But he bring you out of that. And it's going to be a whole bunch of them. But be glad to see that because you've been living in that darkness. It was never you. And the devil makes you want to get up and run. You can't handle this. It's crazy. You're having too many thoughts. And that's him talking to you because he wants you to stop the silent prayer. He wants you to get back into your head. That's amazing. Thank you, man. Yes, sir. Last word. Alessia, you might have quiet today. I know. What's wrong with you? Nothing. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so today represents, uh, you know, call it Easter, resurrection. And, you know, um, you're talking about your thoughts. It's, if, in my opinion, that'd probably be the easiest thing to deal with uh, compared to what Christ, he not only had to deal with his thoughts, but he, he had people torturing him. They whipped him. They spit at him. They threw rocks at him. And he had to deal with that and not get ang be angry at them. Matter of fact, some, one of his last words, he said, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And uh, because he had no anger, no hatred. And that was his physical test. He had to endure that. And then uh, finally, um, because of it was his father's will, he gave his soul to the father. Uh, he, he passed the test for us. So we, we should look to that. Um, we should look to that and, and you know, um, repent of our sins because this man lived. He lived without sin and without hatred. And, and he was able to, you know, conquer death for us. Yeah. So um, everything that he went through in the physical atmosphere is what you're going through right now. And this death thing, it's the same thing. It's exactly what you're going through now. And he made it possible. So if, like Francisco was saying, go through it. You're going to rise. You will rise and you will live. All right? Um, yes, Doug. Last word. What do you think about all this? Very interesting. In what way? In that, like my whole probably like everybody else, but in my whole life, 
none of this comes up. It's, it's like I have no idea what I'm doing in life. I have no idea what, what's going on. It's, everything's just happening and I'm trying to deal. And yeah. it's, it's interesting. The, one of the hardest concepts for me to understand, or sorry, I said I. Um, one of the <laughs> things that I was thinking about that seems kind of odd is like the concept of sitting in your pain. And I just, recently I've been kind of seeing certain things about my life. I don't know if I necessarily have desperation, but I do have, at times, anxiety. And maybe it's the same thing. I, I don't really know. Um, but one thing I kind of realize is that even some of those, just by sitting through some of that, and letting the pain, and, and just dealing with whatever pain comes, I've kind of realized that a lot, as this young man said, I, I put a lot of that out of my, my life. Like, that pain came, I ran to something else. You ran to something else? I ran else? somewhere else just so I don't have to yeah, what at least feel that pain for that moment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, but, you know, just sitting through recently kind of helped me see that too, so. Yeah. Um, when he said, I felt anxiety, he didn't feel anything. So I did not feel anxiety. So what I want to encourage y'all to do is start thinking spiritually. That what he called anxiety was the spirit of the devil in the mind and body. Don't, don't call it anxiety. Call it evil. Call it wicked spirit. Call it the devil. Because don't dress it up with a fake name. You got to see clearly what it is. It's the devil in the mind and the body. All right? It's not anxiety. Anybody else want to call it a little mess anxiety? Let them call it that. They love the devil. Let them be it. But if you see it, if you start seeing things spiritually, it's going to make a break different because you won't help the devil hide from you and think that that is you. All right? Call it what it is. It's not anxiety. You're possessed. And the devil is doing that to you. It's weird to me. I didn't know I had so many identities and I didn't know I was fighting against identities. You know, I didn't know the devil was fighting against the devil because nobody told me these are spirits that you're fighting with. It's not you. They never said that. They spoke about the devil, but not in that way. You know what I'm saying? So stop fighting these identities. They're not you. Yeah, but you got to face it though. You got to let it happen instead of run away from it. All right. Yes, sir. Nick, you all right? You're looking crazy. I'm looking crazy. No, you're <laughs> looking. You're in a lesson by the choir today. Y'all fought this morning. <laughs> you usually are. <laughs> usually are what? Fighting? Fighting. No. Oh. Uh, quiet. I mean, quiet. Quiet. Oh, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Did you have your hand? Yeah. Last word. We out of here. Uh, I was watching another fallen state, and there was this lady, and she was like, I was doing a silent prayer, and then I felt all these demons attacking me, so yeah. I decided to stop. Yeah. And you were just like, wow. And I noticed, I noticed that in myself, if you just let whatever's happening, happening, you're feeling whatever you're feeling, you can just like ride that, yeah. and then it's okay. And if you don't react, like if you don't bring yourself to react, like you said, cry or do something. The devil definitely wants you to react. 
God said, be still and know. The devil said, react. Overreact, react, so that he can control you. Absolutely. Nice. Brand new biblical question. What is it? Oh, I didn't tell you this morning. James, what is it? It's a working one. I'm not sure if we're going to use it, but it's one that came to me. Why don't you let go of self-confidence? Yeah. No, answer. Say it again, because I'm not on mic. Oh, why don't you let go of self-confidence? Why do you need to be confident? Why are you trying to build up your confidence? Why don't you let it go? That's a biblical question. Amazing. Anybody ever tried to build their confidence? Yeah, everybody do it. Yeah. Why do you try to do it? One person, because they yell at me when I go over like this. Why do you try to build confidence? Um, to overcome like fear, insecurity, doubt, to be better. Uh, it doesn't work. I don't know. Yeah, you do. <laughs> it doesn't work. I mean, it might be temporary. I don't know if it's right. Permanent. Temporary working is not working. Yeah, true. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. You try to build it. You say. Yeah, I've done that before, absolutely. Do you still try to do it? No. You don't try to have confidence? I'm really, everything just looks so different. I don't yeah. even, even, even when you just said like the identities, I am depressed, I am this, this week I was like, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna declare myself an artist anymore. Like I don't, That's like, right. because what, what is that? That's right. You know, you're so, not like, an I don't artist, know. you I just do whole, artwork, but that's not who you are. But. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I could go on that nobody wants to listen to Because if but, you identify yeah. yourself as an artist and somebody don't like the little artist, you're going to get mad. Right. One person says, oh, this is so beautiful. Well, yeah, you're going to love that person. And then that person says, this is a <laughs> mess. <laughs> right. <laughs> you're going to so, hate that person. Yeah, so as it <laughs> pertains to, like, confidence, I've, I've done all that. I've done, you know, I, there's a... I can give myself a certain speech to walk into a room and yeah. stand in front of people, and quite frankly, it, that's just empty ground. Yeah. So nice. I'm not doing that anymore. I, <laughs> I am what I am. I don't know. I am what I am. Whatever it is, I am. Take it or leave it, I guess. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in. I absolutely appreciate it. Don't forget to do the silent prayer. You got to be still. Do your little hoop and holler. Until you see it ain't working, because it ain't working. And then be still and know God. All thoughts are all lies, and it's deeper than what you can even imagine. Everything you've been taught been wrong. It's like those people that go to college, and they get degrees and things like that, and they know how to build a house, but they still have problems, and they can't understand. I paid all this money to be a doctor, and I'm still unhappy. What the? Intellect is not going to work in that way, all right? So do the silent prayer, watch those thoughts, but you must, you must forgive. Forgive your mother, forgive your father, and God will forgive you, and the rest you will start to overcome because now you have help. You have the light to work on your behalf. And remember what we talked about, about these identity. You are none of those things. The, those things are the natures of, of uh, Satan. All those little vices that you have, it's not you. That's why you can't overcome them. If you have identified with it, don't identify with them. It's not you. It's the nature of the devil, not of God and not of you, all right? So 
Happy Easter. Reflect. Be grateful. And thank you for your support. We'll do your super chats and all that tomorrow. If the Lord is willing and the creek don't rise. Happy Easter. And happy Easter, everybody. That was great. Great. Amazing.